Welcome everyone to the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and REST, Virginia Dixon. We are welcoming back the founders of Optimal Alignment Health, Nanda and Dr. Shirazi, to continue our conversation about the layers of our biology, the steps to change, and acceptance. Thank you both for coming back. So excited to be back. We had a really good time last week. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's an honor. Thank you, guys. I want to jump right into this discussion. Last week, we talked about the whys of optimal health, and I think that was just a fascinating discussion, and I never tire of it. We've had it a few times, and I, I just never tire of it. It seems like I learn something new every time. Today, I want everybody to have very practical, clear, practical steps, or how about this, a greater understanding of what to do. So why don't we talk about the health paradigm and conscious function? In other words, what can people practically do? Okay, so here we're understanding then, last week the topic was understanding dysfunction so now what we're trying to do is we're trying to move into functional states of being and the first thing in understanding creating conscious function is what is the appropriate behaviors for eating especially as we're talking about coming into the holiday season yeah is really understanding (laughs) i am setting myself up to go into these dopamine rich situations <laughs> i never looked at thanksgiving that way but it's a dopamine. It's true <laughs> it is the center of it and so it's so interesting how many people show up to true north health during the holidays to completely avoid it because they know that they don't even have the willpower yet to override these systems because you're not just talking about food you're talking about social interaction as well yeah. And the peer need, pressure, peer pressure, and the need to belong, mm-hmm. and so this yeah, is the need to belong with family is big. Mm-hmm. It, we belong with food and drink. <laughs> it is how families and cultures have based their relation to each other, right? And so, if you show up and you're saying, "Hey, I'm eating a whole food, plant based diet, no salt, no oil, no sugar," you're going to be a bit uh, exiled yeah. because what you're doing is and you hungry. Are, and hungry. <laughs> what, what you're doing is, is you're raising a red flag in everybody who has not decided to change their health. And that instantly creates in us, in the individual who's observing us, a sense of hierarchy dominance, meaning like, who do you think you are? Judgment. Judgment. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are showing That's up here right. eating healthy? Because it's not that they're judging you, they're judging their inability to make the choices that they know they should make. Themselves, okay, yeah. but let's get serious. Who wants to go into Thanksgiving with no salt, sugar, <laughs> I'm sorry, we're, oil? And <laughs> we're not that strict in terms of, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's really a matter of where the person is independently. Yeah. Right. And it's, again, level of awareness, right? Mm-hmm. It's and just, health situation where right. the salt, oil, and sugar really become much more important if someone has an ongoing health issue cardiovascular disease rheumatoid conditions that are really inflammatory and can flare up that's when it becomes much more important to micromanage what exactly is going what information is going into the system 
which is your body, right? Yeah. How do we set our intentions? Well, I think, honestly, setting intentions is one of the most important things that you can do in the stages of change, in transformation. Because understanding, again, neuroplasticity in the sense that I'm going to do what I did yesterday. I'm going to do what I did the past year. I'm going to do what I did the past five years. So without intention, the system wakes up looking for what it did yesterday. And again, it's following these neurochemical systems based off of past experience. So setting intention is you actually creating and setting an intention for the brain to execute. This is the reticular activating system. It's why when you buy a brand new red car, you see that red car everywhere. Because that's intention. That is you telling the brain, starting tomorrow, we are going to start to avoid the ice cream. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to start walking for 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we even take it a step further, further, whereas you put it on a calendar, you structure this into your life because you want to become, again, sovereign over the system that is firing on its own. So So I wonder what are those intentions that a person could reasonably set during Thanksgiving, for example. One thing that comes to mind is the first segment we recorded on... Why optimizing our our health becomes so important and really the things that enslave us. I think that's a great conversation that we had here. We're getting closer to the holidays, right? And I keep bringing this back because I've been married almost 40 years and I have six Mm. kids and Mm. it's five living children. And it's a lot. It's a lot of because I'm even thinking, okay, how practically can I bring this discussion and this lifestyle And this new level of awareness, right, into my everyday life. Like, I willingly participated in the fast almost eight months ago, and it's been transformative. So, I'm thinking, practically, what can I bring? My intention has changed. Mm -hmm. I think differently about many things. And how can I bring that practically into conversation, if nothing else? Well, the intention, one of them is to just acknowledge that I want to live a more functional, adaptive lifestyle. Great. And when you have that intention and understanding what we talked about last week with the dopamine system and how dopamine is a sensory pleasure released by the brain in response to an environmental stimulus that you're going to do, that you're performing an activity good for your survival or reproduction. Dopamine is also a really sinister molecule because... Dopamine, when it's reversed, is so it's pleasure on one side, and then if you flip it over on the other side, it's the molecule of craving and pain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ever been that's eating right. something really delicious, and it all you want is more of that thing that's delicious. It's addictive. Right. And that's part of the sinister nature of this molecule mm-hmm. is that it's also the molecule of more. So I want more of this thing. And that's a lot of the intention moving in, especially into the holidays, is having the intention of, of creating a healthier lifestyle and limiting that dopamine molecule in its effect. Because as we perform activities and eat foods that elevate our dopamine, we are now setting a new baseline. That's right. So a practical application of what you're saying could be, I'm going to have one 
dessert after dinner instead of having a little bit of 15 desserts that will be at our Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And acknowledging the the fundamental nature of sensory delight typically leads to disgust over time as a powerful thing to really embody and knowing that that's not the type of satisfaction that I really crave. My intention is not to satisfy my ego, my animal self. My intention is to create the life of well-being and vitality that I really know I deserve, that I am energetically as a greater person who I know I am. My intention is to live in alignment with that because that feels really good. Yeah, and I think it's hard for people to even really think about what that is because, I mean... For example, even for me, I went through something called Saraset, and it's a brain balancing technology. And I did not know how imbalanced my brain was until I got balanced. Because once I was balanced, now I'm able to tell, oh my gosh, I'm starting to get deregulated. And I can, yeah, and I can feel when that's starting to happen. And I think that's similar in regards to health. You don't really know how healthy you actually can be until you actually take the first step and try. And then once Mm -hmm. you get to that, when you get closer to like that optimal health, right, for your body, that whole body wellness, once you get closer to that, you'll realize when you start slipping again and how that doesn't feel good and you get to that disgust point. That is a great, here's another practical way to implement this in the good, holidays. because I want practical mm-hmm. tools. Yes. <laughs> Understanding that as your set point and awareness grows, mm-hmm. right, to perform some sort of a fast where, I don't know if we discussed last time, but Humans fast at True North for up to 40 days all the time, right? An average person can go well over a month and be totally fine with nothing other than water. Mind-blowing, amazing (laughs) stuff because, you know, most people think I can go like three days without food and then I'm definitely going to be dead. But (laughs) it's not true. But you see the transformation of that too. Well, and so when you go back to that set point, especially around the holidays, there's so much calorically dense food available. Grandma's cookies, my friend brought me this thing, you know, all these things. And as we're eating that calorically dense food, we have to remember that that is going to decrease our desire for the healthy food because it just will not seem as appetizing. It just won't be as good because you've been used to this super calorically dense food. There was a, a study with performed with rodents where they had unlimited access to rat food and then all the rats were healthy weight they could eat all they wanted no problem then they switched the rats to the standard american diet you know unhealthy french fries you know, all the all the things within a month they were all overweight diabetes hypertension going down the hill wow. then the scientists wanted to see what would happen when they put them back on rat food they put the rats back on rat food and the rats went on strike. <laughs> the rats wouldn't eat for a week. Wow. Because their set point had become so elevated to That's that right. calorically dense food mm-hmm. that they didn't even want the food mm-hmm. that is their intentional design. They didn't want rat food. They wanted this superhuman stimulus that is so delicious and elevating and, and dopamine releasing. So if we get caught up in a cycle of not wanting to eat the food that's good for us, it's a good time to take a timeout. Like you got to put your taste buds on timeout and you can do a juice fast for a couple days. A healthy person can fast, you know, on water for three to five days if they're not taking medications or on anything. So we can reset that point 
where we just stop giving ourselves the treats for a while or the high calorically dense food. And eventually, if you allow yourself, if you give yourself the gift of hunger, you will really want a salad. Yeah, If you don't want to eat a salad, you're not hungry enough. That's... (laughs) That's but really I, the truth. And it always exactly. ends up tasting better, too. No. Right. <laughs> I want, I, I do want people to have a working understanding of what to do. And I think this conversation about conscience function is we do not feel well when we are not eating things that feed the function of the body. Mm-hmm. When we sit in a wrong position, even if it feels good momentarily and we slouch, in short order, we will be in pain. So we have to reconcile, right? How we don't want to do that again. It just doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. With food somehow, because of this dopamine factor, you're right. We keep going back to this thing that we know gives us a state, puts us in a state of dis-ease, or as you say, dysfunction. So setting expectations, right? Being intentional about how we go into the holidays. I like that we have two or three weeks, I think, before the actual actual holidays are upon us because we can really begin to think about our health. By the way, this has implications on our emotional, spiritual, and of course the obvious is physical health. But this has implications on many facets of our well-being, not just our body, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, you're looking at not just Thanksgiving. You're talking about a season that's going to start season. in about three weeks, and it's going to go for a month plus. Yeah, exactly. And so that means everywhere you're going, your brain, that dopamine molecule, is seeing the food. And so you're going back into that state of craving. And I think it's important, too, to recognize like where you are currently as you enter that season so it's probably not the wisest thing to think you know i have not done any training i haven't changed my lifestyle and i'm about to go into the holidays and i'm going to make these vast changes then versus you've been doing really well all year long now the idea is how do you maintain that value of health and that's why it's not a question of okay i can let go during thanksgiving and christmas this is me this is my lifestyle now and when I go into Thanksgiving or I'm going into these, these situations and events, it's not that I'm, I'm going to cater to the needs of others. I'm doing this because it makes me feel so good. Right. That's right. And like, like you said earlier, Natalie, was, it's, you don't know what feel good feels like until you're there. And that's what we, we recognize with health is that you keep hitting this plateau. And that's where the value comes in because health is designed to give you the capacity to experience life. And so Mm -hmm. whenever you have the contrast of it, you're not feeling well, then you recognize, okay, I don't want to make those choices anymore. I'm not willing to give up how hard I worked all year long for Christmas and Thanksgiving. I'm going to really make intentional choices to either eat before I go to certain parties. Maybe, Maybe Thanksgiving is one in particular that you're going to go and you'll enjoy. But all of the other parties go and be satiated so whenever you do show up you're not famished Mm -hmm. and again also recognizing you know when it comes to exercise and movement i'm not going to give these 
habits up just because I'm going into the holiday season. And I think having a sense of wonder, too, about engaging family members, wondering what's going on in their life, what's happening in their life. Sometimes we go into these holiday seasons looking to see, and we talked about this before, what we can take instead of what we can give. Mm. I may have done this um, for the podcast at Center for New Medicine. I'm not sure. But I think the interviewer was asking me, how do you prepare for the holiday season and stay in that place of rest and peace? And that just occurred to me. We enter into all these experiences and we're wondering, food and family are the greatest sources of anxiety and stress. Mm. I should say are the greatest stressors. Food (laughs) and family Mm. can be the two greatest sources of stress during the holidays. And I think when I was having this discussion for the podcast, I'd mentioned that instead of looking for how it's going to impact you and what you're going to take, perhaps go into these encounters with a sense of wonder of what can I give? And as this conversation of optimal health unfolds, It just occurred to me what a wonderful thing to observe in myself and in others and even to observe what I do with the information that I gathered even from our last conversation is there's a lot going on in my body. This is a very sophisticated system, but it's not just my body. It's happening in the body of everyone I love, right, and everyone I engage with. And I wonder what it would look like if we go to these family gatherings with a whole different mindset, not just about food, but about what those encounters are going to look like. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, and that's a whole different molecule in the brain, uh, serotonin. And serotonin is a different molecule, which is gratitude and giving. And that's satisfaction that is long-term strategy-worthy As you go into these, also just keeping the mindset of the mantra, I'm always will be looking for the best feeling thought that I can right now. So not getting caught in loops of negativity and, oh, it's my in-laws and I really don't want to see them and it's going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Virginia, going in with what can I offer and having the intention of no matter what happens, I will reach for the best feeling thought. That's right. And and wonder, right? And a sense of wonder is a beautiful, I think, form of gratitude because I'm not thinking about what I can take, but I'm just thankful to be able to engage with this person and wonder. Having the opportunity to wonder about something and access to someone, that's something to be grateful for because we can learn so much for each other. I guess you guys have really challenged me to look at conventional things a little bit differently. And I like how you put it in the context of dopamine and serotonin. Because how interesting to enter into the holidays and just think about those two neurotransmitters and how they interact and the implications of those in your body. And I wonder what that would do to moderate our behavior, our conversation, Mm. our consumption. Mm -hmm. Instant neurochemistry change where it is actually impossible to have the brain be thinking about something they're grateful for. You cannot be grateful and upset at the same time in neurocircuitry, where if you can override 
the feelings of stress or disease or whatever the feeling is by constantly going back to that feeling of gratitude and that gratitude mm-hmm. being grateful for what you have and what you can bring will stimulate the brain to produce satis- satisfaction chemicals, which Contentment, is yeah. that serotonin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's something to keep as a solid tool moving into that. of just being grateful and being in the moment and making that the goal of your set point. Yeah. We use meditation and mindfulness as a non-negotiable practice because you're wanting to check in with your system when you go into the holidays. What am I feeling when I get home? Somebody said, you think you're enlightened? Go be with your family. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because of what it pulls out mm-hmm. when you go into those situations. So mindfulness gives you that state of pause. It's truly a, a neurocircuitry in itself is when you practice, you get to the point where you can just pause and not react, pause and not eat another piece of cake, pause and ask a question ask instead a of question. just talking at people. Yeah. yeah. Just even thinking about how I want to show up changes me already, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm already deciding I'm going to this event not to take, but to give. Mm-hmm. I'm going to this event with wonder, not with dread. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to this event anticipating these amazing stories because we haven't connected in a year. So I'm showing up to this event wanting to give my full attention and just to be present. And so already, right? I'm going with a different mindset. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And this conversation about the serotonin and the dopamine, and I loved how we brought it to something practical because they can associate those neurotransmitters in the context of the conversation we had previously with something is actually happening in my body when I'm thankful and something else is happening in my body when I'm seeking pleasure. They're two different things. And I just wonder, just the awareness of that, how it, it, I think it immediately impacts something, but it'll be so different for different people. Yeah. Moving, as you go into the holidays, yeah, a fast before Thanksgiving would be a surefire way to make (laughs) poor choices. (laughs) Because we know. They make enemies. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, if someone made the unhealthy food, they may love that you are loving it so much. Yes. But the fact of science is that we know that our willpower is directly related to our blood sugar level. Wow. So as our blood sugar level goes down, our choices, our ability Plummet. to make good choices plummets <laughs> right with it. Because yeah. we get the release of the stress hormones and the adrenaline. And so then we become highly motivated. And adrenaline is to get us to move, right? So now we are highly motivated to take action towards food. Pleasure. And we don't care what it is. And if the more calorically dense it is, the better at that point. So planning ahead with snacks, meal, healthy snacks, you know, carrots or whatever you want to eat that's healthy will dramatically help the the choice making ability of your brain because you will not be in that depleted state with depleted willpower. And I like that because even hosting a Thanksgiving event, you can be mindful about what you're serving. Yeah. And it's fun to 
take into consideration this conversation we're having about really food is a drug Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and taking seriously the implications of that. If If we can set the intention to have food be fuel instead of a pleasure source, that in itself is one of the most revolutionary ideas that a brain can embody to truly use the food that we are eating to fuel the system, to fuel the animal so that we can really experience what well-being and health is like because the body does not know the difference between stress that comes from our thoughts and stress that's coming from our cells. The body experiences cellular stress as stress. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a good closing thought maybe is food fuels family. <laughs> maybe another <laughs> F word. Food fuels family. And function. And function. <laughs> function. Family function. Food fuels family function. <laughs> we'll close this segment on that thought. Thank you guys so Thank much. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Thank you. We're excited to have you back next week as well. We look forward to it. Awesome. All right, everyone. If you would like more information about Optimal Alignment Health, Nanda and Dr. Shirazi, please go to OptimalAlignmentHealth.com. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to VirginiaDixon.com forward slash collaborate. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.